0: Uh, reports have come out and we've been covering them and everybody's been and I spoke to the parents of an incredible young lady and you you saw her the other day you saw what happened the other day in Georgia and the parents are devastated, they're incredible people but this is a Joe Biden invasion this is a Biden invasion over the past three years allowing thousands and thousands of people to come in from China, Iran, Yemen the Congo, Syria Many nations are not very friendly to us. He's transported the entire columns of uh, fighting-aged men, and they're all at a certain age, and you look at them and say, they they look like warriors to me. Something's going on that's bad. Now the United States is being overrun by the Biden migrant crime. It's a new form of uh, vicious violation to our country. It's allowing thousands and thousands and actually millions and millions of people to come. Could be 15 million, could be 18 million by the time he uh, gets out of office. Last year, almost half of all ICE arrests were criminal aliens charged for more than 33,000 assaults, 3,000 robberies, 6,900 burglaries, 7,500 weapons crimes. This is all migrant crime. 4,300 sex crimes, 1,600 kidnappings, and 1,700 homicides and murders. These are the people that are coming into our country.
1: Welcome to High cheese It's Friday, March 1st, 2024. And that was Donald Trump at the border yesterday. Outlining with facts the sheer devastation that Joe Biden's open border has had. On the American people. The physical devastation. The public safety devastation. That Biden's open border has had on us. And I'm not talking about the economic devastation. That this policy has had on the American people. Trump is literally talking about. Public safety. Meanwhile you had Joe Biden down there. At the same time, having his own press conference, dueling press conferences. And Biden wants to talk about climate change. And while Donald Trump is talking about the devastation, Joe Biden... Oh, and you you really should have seen him walking into this press conference. He was walking like a stick figure, a frozen stick figure trying to thaw out. He's saluting people that didn't exist. And all Biden wants to talk about is climate change and how the Democrat-led Senate passed a border security bill, which was nothing more than just codifying the open border policy that Biden is pushing. And he doesn't tell you the fact that the House, 18 months ago, two years ago, introduced HR2, which essentially would have bought back all of Donald Trump's Border policies, particularly remain in Mexico. So instead of having people remain in Mexico until their case is adjudicated, Biden just releases them into the public, which has resulted in devastation for thousands of American people. Not just American people, legal immigrants here too. People with green cards. But Biden doesn't want to tell you that. He'd rather talk about climate change So with that said, I want to go back to the press conference with Trump where he talks about where the tire hits the road, how this is personally devastating American people. So let's go to this clip and then we'll come back and discuss.
0: One week ago, a beautiful 22-year-old nursing student from Georgia was barbarically attacked, almost unrecognizable, while she was out on her morning run. She was a morning run. She was doing a keep herself in shape, she was a beautiful young woman, she was a great person, best nursing student there was. I spoke to her parents yesterday, they're incredible people, they're devastated beyond, beyond belief. But she was beautiful, just so beautiful in so many ways and brutally assaulted, horrifically beaten, kidnapped and savagely murdered. The monster that charged charging the death is an illegal alien migrant who was led into our country and released into our communities by crooked Joe Biden. He's crooked. I took the name away from Hillary. She was terrible, but what he is doing is just unbelievable. Joe Biden will never say Lake and Riley's name, but we will say it and we will remember it. We're not gonna forget her. It's been just a horrible story that we've had to live with for the last few days. It's hard to believe, and her parents are just they can never be the same great people just four days ago an illegal alien in louisiana was arrested for brutally raping a 14 year old girl while holding a knife to her throat and he then allegedly robbed a man who was getting out of his car in front of his home and repeatedly stabbed him in the face in the back in the face many many times before police found this person standing in the middle of the street all covered with blood standing over the blood of the man he was attacking last year a sadistic illegal alien criminal who was released into our country by joe biden was arrested for raping an 11 year old girl and strangling her to death in pasadena texas and shortly before she was murdered she texted her father that someone was knocking at the door he arrived home from work and found his daughter's body stuffed in a laundry basket underneath the bed horrible crooked joe is The blood of countless innocent victims and so many stories to tell so many horrible stories. Three years ago, we had the most secure border in history. Brandon was saying it. The general was saying it. We had the most secure border. And people weren't coming because they knew they weren't going to get in.
1: And the last takeaway I have from this press conference is just the sheer lack of respect that world leaders have for Joe Biden because he's a weak man and he's a weak leader. And I want to go to another clip where where Donald Trump is asked about Venezuela. Now, there's been reports that these Venezuelan gangs have been infiltrating our country and they've been committing crimes. Now, most recently, we've got the Lake and Riley murder in Georgia. In New York City, we've had a group of Venezuelans beat the heck out of a couple of New York City cops. And then in Virginia, we've had a... Illegal Venezuelan immigrant sexually assault a minor. And you know what the president of Venezuela, Maduro, says to Joe Biden? We ain't taking him back, pal. And the reason he can say that, he does not respect, he does not fear Joe Biden. But he would fear Donald Trump. So let's go to this clip and then we'll come back and discuss.
0: In Venezuela, there's one leader, dictator, I should say, you didn't mention... Nicolas Maduro. What should the United States do to deal with Maduro, his cartel of the sons, and also the Mexican cartels, which are making billions of dollars in human smuggling? Sure. But uh, we would not be playing games with Venezuela. They would not be doing what they're doing now. They're sending people, and they just put out a statement last week. We're not taking them back. They're sending their people from jails and prisons and mental institutions, and they say, we're not taking them back. That wouldn't happen with the Trump administration, that I can tell you.
1: And Trump is on the side of the American people. And on the other side, you have the Democrat Party. You've got these far-left progressives, communists, and globalists that want open borders at the expense of the American people. And they throw out these bogus statistics. Ah, immigration has no impact on crime. And quite frankly, there's no conclusive evidence either way whether immigration, legal immigration, has an impact on crime. But illegal immigration is a different story. When you throw a massive amount of unvetted people into a country, you're going to increase crime for those members of the incumbent society. American citizens, American residents, that's just a fact. When you throw massive amounts of illegal immigrants into a society unvetted, you increase crime on those members of the incumbent society. But the left doesn't want you to know that. And with that said, I want to go to a press conference with the mayor of Athens, Georgia where Lake and Riley was murdered. And here's one of the first words out of his mouth. And this is where he tries to use trickery. Oh, let's not conflate immigration with crime. What he fails to tell you is that illegal immigration has a big impact on the incumbent members of a society. And this first clip is really quick, so let's just catch it and then we'll come back and discuss.
2: In the main, I caution against conflating immigration and crime. The data demonstrates that the two are not
1: connected. And then he went on with these statistics saying, oh, how crime went down in certain areas in Athens over the past few years, and everything is fine. Well, my point to this mayor is that crime would have went down even further without illegal immigration. And tell that to the family of Lake and Riley. She still would have been walking around today if it wasn't for Joe Biden's policies. So let's go back to a few more clips. I've received many calls,
2: many emails, many queries from the press in recent days about this notion of a sanctuary city, and so I want to lay some things to rest here today. This term, sanctuary city, doesn't have a sole legal or procedural definition. You can look in Georgia statute, and you can find a clear definition for a unified government. You can look in contractual language, and you can find out exactly what it means to be an SEC institution. Sanctuary city doesn't track with either of those. And so, that term means different things to different people depending on the context of the discussion.
0: Uh, we know what
2: many, it means. Many We're, of the elements. Many of the elements.
0: Liar. Liar. We, liar. liar. We are here liar. to listen. You're a liar. We are here
2: to listen. Liar. You're there you're be time a liar. for questions.
0: You are guilty and got blood on your head for this murder, sir.
2: Many of the aspects that are ascribed to sanctuary cities
0: we know what sanctuary are
2: cities things mean. That are disallowed by Georgia law. And we contribute a document every year to the Georgia Department of Audits indicating that we do not correspond to these definitions under state law. Yes, you do. And no policies have been adopted by the mayor and commission that have created sanctuary city status in Athens.
0: You need to resign.
2: One protocol that sometimes arises
0: resign Resign now. You will
1: And what this controversy is all about is a 2019 resolution passed by Athens, which essentially called Athens a sanctuary city. But the mayor gets cute, because he says, well, there's no real legal definition in, in Georgia law which defines a sanctuary city. So we're really not a sanctuary city. But in this 2019 resolution... He's all but telling everybody, Athens is a sanctuary city. Let me read a little bit from the resolution. It says, whereas our immigrant and undocumented neighbors, especially those of Latino heritage, face daily fears and threats from individuals and institutions such as ICE, as we have witnessed, these fears and threats become realities in the tragedies of the El Paso shooting family separations and incarcerations at the southern border. Whereas for the Athens community, it is necessary that families and loved ones remain together and that all people, including those without documents, feel welcome and comfortable interacting with local law enforcement, their local government, and all services provided by such. Whereas we unflinchingly defend the human rights of all people, including citizens, non-citizens, and those without documentation, and recognize that we cannot witness the violation of constitutional rights given to all people. Therefore, be it resolved, the athens Clark County government is welcoming to people from all lands and backgrounds and strives to foster a community where individuals and families of all statuses feel safe, and are able to prosper. The Athens County government denounces white supremacy and recognizes the role that some government institutions have played in creating it and commits itself to working to reverse the damage that has resulted to black, brown, and other minority communities. So he's essentially saying, yeah, we are are a sanctuary city. And let me tell you the effect that this type of resolution has on law enforcement, On other departments in the county government, it's essentially telling him, look the other way. And this mayor is hiding behind the fact that there's no real law in Georgia that designates somebody a sanctuary city. That's how slimy this guy is. That's how greasy this guy is. And then he has the nerve to blame Donald Trump for the 2019 resolution. Don't at this time. Yes.
3: Mayor, Steve Gelbach from WSB-TV. Some of their concerns have to do with the 2019 resolution that was passed and signed by you after you came into office. It is entitled, in support of immigrants and the undocumented community here, and it does state that all statuses are welcome. Do you want to respond to that? And does that? give the You say it's only a term and definition, but does that give the impression that this is a sanctuary city? What do you say to that?
2: I appreciate the question. Thank you very much. I want to say that we center our work here in athens Clark County, in people's humanity. And part of everybody's humanity is the expectation of human dignity. While 2019 was not that long ago, you might remember the dynamic we were living in, in the late teens in this country, where you had the President of the United States speaking in the most vile terms about people who were foreign-born.
1: You see, it's Donald Trump's fault. He made us do it. And quite frankly, Trump never said anything bad about foreign-born people. He said some rough things about illegal immigrants. And many of those things are being proven true by him. Lakin Riley? Where's her humanity? This mayor's talking about the humanity of the illegal immigrant. The humanity of the Venezuelan gangs that have come here. Well, where is Lakin... Riley's humanity. And we have some good news. Mitch McConnell is stepping down from his leadership position in the Senate. The ultimate rhino. The ultimate political insider is stepping down. Now McConnell's been there since I think 1984. Not in the leadership position, but he was first elected to the Senate in 1984. And during that period, we've seen jobs go overseas The middle class get pummeled, him supporting unnecessary wars, him overseeing massive deficits. I saw one report where he oversaw a total of twenty-four trillion dollars in debt being occurred during his tenure. And this is a good thing. Another rhino goes. McCarthy in the House, and now McConnell in the Senate. And this is the unique thing. And when we look back on what Donald Trump has done. After his victory in November, he not only took on the globalists, the Democrats, he also took on the rhinos in the Republican Party. So not only was he battling the other party, he was battling those inside his party, the upper echelon of this party that looked down on the American people, the country club types, open borders, unending wars, and only those in the inside would be heard. That's what McConnell was all about. And this is another battle that has been won by Donald Trump and the MAGA movement. MAGA is taking over the Republican Party. Now, come November, there'll be some rhinos that won't vote for Donald Trump, but he'll make up for it by his expanding his voter base. And You take a look back and you ask yourself, is this country better because of Mitch McConnell? And overall, even though he did one good thing about holding up a Supreme Court appointment before Donald Trump became president... So Donald Trump could pick the Supreme Court candidate. Other than that, you can't say that Mitch McConnell was good for this country. So we shall see. Oh boy, there was a major meltdown by the media this week. And it had to do with the Supreme Court taking up Donald Trump's immunity case. And this has to do with the Washington, D.C. case against Donald Trump, where he's got the DOJ's hatchet man, Jack Smith going against him. He's got a left-wing judge presiding over the case. And he's going to be put in front of a jury in Washington, D.C., where 95% of the people voted for Joe Biden. I'm sure a vast majority of them also have Trump derangement syndrome. And to me personally, this is one of the only cases where I think Trump could have had a problem. And Trump appealed to the Supreme Court, claiming that, look, I've got presidential immunity. My actions as president are immune. And the Supreme Court agreed to take up the case. And this throws a major wrench into the Democrats' plan to interfere with the election and use lawfare against Donald Trump because they know they can't beat him at the polls. Now, originally, this case was supposed to start in March, but because of these appeals by Donald Trump, it ultimately resulted in the Supreme Court hearing this case. Now, from all reports that I heard, the Supreme Court is not going to come back with a decision on this. The earliest is going to be June, mid to late June, which means that the trial may not start until after the election. And the Democrats are mad because they wanted this case to start in March. This way they would have all these months to interfere with Donald Trump's election and maybe get a bogus conviction. But they're apoplectic. And with that said, I want to go to a clip with Chris Hayes from MSNBC. He's acting like a bratty teenager. That's not getting his way. So with that said, let's go to the clip and then we'll come back and discuss.
3: All that is on hold because the Supreme Court wants to hear oral arguments for Trump's immunity claims. Ready for this? Seven weeks from now. April 22nd. 2024, making it a real possibility, a likelihood in fact, that Donald Trump will not face a trial for the crime of attempting to overthrow the American Republic, will not face a jury of his peers, until after the next election in which he is the likely Republican candidate. What happened today? This one-page order looks anodyne, right? It is an unmistakable sign from the MAGA majority of the Trump-created court that they are with him, that they are going to use their power to make sure he does not face trial in an election year.
1: Now, isn't it the left and the media that are always calling us conspiracy theorists? Well, this is a whopper of a conspiracy. Chris Hayes, the Supreme Court is in cahoots with Donald Trump. That's some conspiracy. But they do it all the time. And let's go back to Hayes.
3: They could have done it the day after they got the petition this month. That day. What did they do? No. They burned two and a half weeks for no reason. They weren't producing any paper, they weren't writing any dissents or arguments. It's one page. There it is. They sat around for two weeks and then they issued just one-page order today saying they were going to take this up, they were going to schedule arguments for seven weeks from now. Is it the fix is in?
1: And the panic continues by the Democrats. A Cook County judge just took Donald Trump off the Illinois ballot. Now remember, Cook County is where Chicago is. It's one of the most corrupt counties in the country. And the judge overruled the state's board of election decision which dismissed a challenge to Trump's candidacy after determining that the panel did not have the authority to rule on whether Trump's role in the riot violated the Constitution. Well, she just overrode them. I don't care. I'm making my own decision. This is what these Democrats, particularly these Democrat judges, are all about. I don't care about the rule of law. I'm the judge. Look at the crazy New York judge that find. Trump, $355 million. But it's not about the law with these people. It's about winning. It's about keeping their own power. And they should be concerned. Let's go to some polls. And they should be concerned after reading these polls. This came out uh, today. General election, Trump v. Biden. Forbes, Trump plus four. Let's take a look at some swing states. Arizona, from Thursday. Bloomberg. Trump plus six, Georgia, Bloomberg, Trump plus six, Michigan, Bloomberg, Trump plus two, Nevada, Bloomberg, Trump plus nine, Pennsylvania, Bloomberg, Trump plus six, Wisconsin, Bloomberg, Trump plus four, North Carolina, Trump plus 10, so this is why they're in a state of panic, Everything they've thrown against Trump is not working. And all they've got left is lawfare, cheating, and election interference. So we shall see. And this push for Ukraine money continues. Early in the week, we had President Macron from France doesn't rule out putting NATO troops in Ukraine. Think about that. President of France says this. And Russia responded, said, look, it's a high probability we'll go nuke. We'll have a nuclear war if that happens. And Putin's smart enough to realize the capabilities of his troops. I think he understands that Russia doesn't have the ground forces or the capacity in their military on the ground to beat the combined forces of NATO. But what he does have are nuclear weapons. And if push came to shove... And Russia was put in a position that they're losing the war significantly, they would use nukes. And Macron is really irresponsible for saying something like that. And what's equally res- irresponsible is what the uh, Lloyd Austin said today. He said, if Ukraine doesn't win, Russia's going to go into NATO countries and attack. There's no, there's no evidence of that, it's just fear mongering. And by the way, what is the end game? Are we going to grind down? All of the Ukrainian troops until there's nothing left. And then what happens? According to these people, according to these neocons, let's put troops on the ground. Our own troops. And now you're just asking for a nuclear war. So that's why this is th- th- this entire logic sequence of these people, that of these neocons, is just nihilism. And I'm, I'm not pro-Putin. I'm just a realist. There's no national interest over there. And why risk a nuclear war over this, when a peaceful settlement could be made. Ukraine may not be happy about it, but that's the realities of the world. And as an American that likes his life, I'm not willing to risk a nuclear war over Ukraine's border, particularly when our own border has problems. So one last item I want to talk about before I go, and it has to do with November's election. And the cybersecurity issue that we keep uh, hearing about. And I don't like these machines. And I don't like these machines because they're too expensive. They're not worth the money. Simple as that. If you go back to my episode 66, where I describe my experience as a first time poll worker here in New Jersey, these machines are just pieces of junk that don't work. Now, they like to talk about, and this company is called ESS that does the machines here. And they make a big deal about, oh, no, they're they're not connected to the uh, Internet. The machines are not connected to the Internet. Well, what they don't tell you is that the voting rolls are connected to the Internet. And these voting rolls are vulnerable. So all it takes is a cyber attack. On these voting rolls, and it doesn't have to be the day of the election. You can create havoc if you do it several days before the election. But if Russia, China, the Democrats, even the CIA wanted to disrupt this year's election, they could do it with a cyber attack. And all they have to do is attack the voting rolls, and it'll disrupt everything. So if you're listening, this is what may happen. So my my recommendation is, is that no one likes it, but if you can vote early, vote early in November. This way, if there is any attack on Election Day, cyber attack on Election Day, you've got your vote in there. So with that said, thank you very much for listening. You have a good week, and I will talk to you next Saturday.